0: The Talking Point with Kathy We Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday.
1: All right, so uh, you're live on uh, The Thinking Point and we continue uh, the conversation this morning. We're going to reflect a little bit on uh, what we've just heard come out of that virtual sitting of the Peter Maritzburg High Court. The former president, Jacob Zuma's health, really taking uh, Prominence in terms of that hearing, uh, there are questions about whether or not he will actually be medically medically fit to stand trial. We know that his doctors are going to be, um, you know, issuing a medical report they have to issue that report by the 20th of August and give it to the, uh, to the state as well, so that the state can be able to see what exactly is wrong with the former president, what challenges he's facing in as far as his medical condition is concerned. Today's order has given the state permission to appoint its own medical practitioner to assess the former president And for that medical practitioner to be able uh, to give evidence if it is actually necessary. So there are multiple scenarios that could play out. If the medical report finds nothing serious, then, of course, it means that the trial will continue on the 9th and the 10th of September. However, if the medical report finds that there are serious reasons that the former president cannot stand and is not medically fit to stand trial. We're going to see arguments around that, the state already indicating that they would well oppose such a a position depending on um, what the outcome of the medical report could be. And it, it speaks to this case, you know, the future of this case now seemingly hanging on this medical report that needs to be conducted. And you'd remember, it's not the first time that medical issues have actually had an impact on the former president's case and this particular case. You'd remember that last year, um, in February, we had the situation of the former president being unable to appear in the Peter Maritzburg High Court. At that point, they were still holding pre-trial hearings. And um it it, it resulted in, um, in, in in a warrant for his arrest being issued. Again that day there was this medical certificate that the court was provided with. It was issued by South African Military Health Services. In Pretoria, and it said that the former president was undergoing medical treatment in a foreign country and could not have uh, and was uh, was unable to make it to court and we were told that you know he had undergone two operations this was in last last year in January and that he was receiving further treatment of course uh, they didn't give details in terms of the nature of um, the condition that the former president is suffering from or was suffering from at the time. Of course, uh, also uh, taking into account um, the confidentiality um, that he also uh, has a right to, especially as somebody who is an, an individual going through the court process. Well, let me welcome uh, to the show Mpumelelo Zikalala. He's a director at Zikalala Attorneys. Pumelelo, good morning to you.
2: Good morning, to you and also good morning to the SFM
1: listeners. It, it, it's really not good news that the former president's health seems to uh, have taken a, a different direction. And by mm. all indications, just based on what has come out of this hearing today, um, a, a condition that requires extensive medical procedures that have been, you know, seemingly put off for the past eighteen months. It, it's pointing towards. A um, uh, 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 critical, uh, or, or long-term, or rather, chronic illness. Um, by 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 this, by by all accounts, uh, what does it take for uh, an accused to not stand trial due to medical reasons?
2: Um, I don't. I you're going to use the term critical but stable. <laughs> but <laughs>
1: Yeah, you're reminding me of, of old Uncle Mac Maharaj during the times of former <laughs> President Nelson Mandela, yeah. <laughs>
2: definitely, but what the court looks like, what mm. the, law, the law looks at is it, it definitely says, are you going to be able to, to sit during these proceedings, mm. be able to understand what is being discussed, so that you are able to give out instructions and you are able to raise questions where you feel that your legal team has missed a few things, and tell them what to do in instances where you're the one who's supposed to answer. And that is purely based on the, the rights which are afforded to us by our Constitution of saying that if I'm tried in a particular matter, I must be able to see and hear the evidence and see all the proceedings unfolding in front of me. It cannot be done in my absentia. Yes, there are exceptions uh, to, to that, but they are are extreme cases in which um, basically say you are you are going to be a danger to us or to anybody else in the courtroom. If you are not, then you want you to sit here, understand the proceedings what they are, so that you are able to understand how you will find guilty and how you will find not guilty if 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 the verdict is, is that. But it is absolutely crucial and important that mm-hmm. uh, the person who is an accused is able to see the proceedings unfold in front of them and they're able to understand how we go to the verdict in which the court is going to give at the end of the day.
1: Mpumelelo, I, is there a list of chronic conditions that um, you as a lawyer who's taking on a client perhaps that is suffering from these conditions would automatically know that you know this is something that regularly happens where um, where you know clients who are also suffering from a particular type of illness are automatically precluded from standing trial. Um, well maybe not automatically but where you know there's a high likelihood of that happening.
2: Most of the time if it has something to do with uh, memory loss. Mm-hmm. Um, your understanding or comprehending of what is happening, let's take dementia, for example. Then you, you, you then say, this person cannot understand the, the nature of the proceedings, cannot understand what we are here about, and cannot understand the discussions which are going to take place. Mm-hmm. So whether he is here or not is not going to assist us in any manner. And in fact, is not going to get us anyway. But in instances where the illness is simply, simply for, the, for, the, for the time being up until it is treated or it is put under control, then definitely the court will say, let's give you time to go home and heal. After you've healed, you must come back and answer because we can't leave these questions standing. But it is important for the court to completely satisfy itself as to the true status of the medical condition of the accused. Hence, why you'd have provisions like your Section 36, I think, Capital A to Capital G, that goes deep into the type of examination that will take place. You also have provisions like Section 342, uh, and Capital 8, that looks into the reasonable delay, whether the delay is reasonable or not. And those are all types of inquiries in which the court will then engage into assess of whether should we proceed or should we stop. If we mm-hmm. stop, how long do we stop for? But it must be informed by evidence, evidence that must come from an expert, which is a medical practitioner in this case now. The danger with allowing experts to come in or what may we may see happening, if the two experts differ, then the court is forced to take a hard line as to who are they going to to to, to, to sort of believe mm. and the manner in which in which the court is supposed to proceed at the end of the day. Because if the state come back, comes back with its own doctor, its own doctor is going to say, we hear yeah, what you, the, the doctor of the former president is saying. But we're of the view that they can be able to understand the proceedings as they are. They don't need this long period of going home and going to healing and coming back at a, at a later stage. Mm. They are they are well aware of what's going to happen. They can be able to proceed. Now the court is left with the conundrum of these two experts which are are, are giving opposing evidence. So it's then forced to take a hard line as to who are they going to believe at the end of the day. They're doing that, by the way. In the back of heads, you have Section 35 that says that a person must be able to stand trial and they must be able to understand the nature of the mm. proceedings and the consequences that may flow from the particular proceedings.
1: I'm I'm just looking at again part of what was you know said into the record from today's hearing about extensive medical procedures um that are required that may need to be performed in this instance so if one has to undergo a series of surgeries whatever the case might be can they come to the court and say actually We need to have X amount of procedures performed, uh, you know, on this individual within the next two years. So can Mm. we get a postponement of this case until, you know, (laughs) two years time when we know they would have had these procedures and and recovered from it?
2: Mm. Uh, They would need to amplify that and and say these procedures are a matter of life and death situation. It's not cosmetic procedures. It's not procedures that can be delayed any longer. Mm. If we don't do them, we are going to die, or the chances of us dying are actually large. So, for us, it's a matter of a life and death situation. During these procedures, maybe you can have six months' breaks for, for, for recovery, and we can use those particular breaks for recovery periods in which you then come back to court and be able to, to, to stand trial and see what exactly is happening and understand the nature of the proceedings which are going to take place. Mm-hmm. But definitely the, the, the court will, will delve deeper into the nature of the, of, of, the, of the illness and what it takes for the person to get better. What then happens, uh, which may be an issue, you then have the medical records and history of the former president being talked about in an open court, you have chances of them being leaked uh, if if the court decides that you are going to hold in-camera sessions because you don't want the medical records to be be known by everyone. Or if both parties agree, then they would say, let's go to court so we can ventilate whatever that is there. I don't have anything to hide. I would say the disadvantage Mm -hmm. of these type of proceedings taking place, especially in an open court, and especially of someone of, of interest like the former president.
1: You, you know, it's so interesting that you're bringing up just um, the issue of confidentiality. And mm. we've previously seen, uh, I was making reference earlier to um, the, the court appearance in February that resulted in the issuing of that a, a arrest warrant, where even in that instance, the medical certificate that was brought before the court didn't have any clear details in terms mm. of mm. what uh, condition the former president was suffering from. Is it becoming almost unavoidable um, for those details to become public? Or are there ways in which the court can continue to protect those details?
2: There there are ways in which the court can protect those details, but it it needs both parties, in this case the state and the former president, to sort of agree and say we have two experts which are coming from different sides. Can they meet together and have a meeting? and sort of discuss what do they agree on and what do they oppose on, and come up with a joint report which be submitted to the court detailing the nature of that particular illness, not explicitly, however, giving the assurance to the court that, as experts, they've looked into the matter, they've applied their minds, and they're of the opinion that this is the reasonable amount of time in which the former president would need in order for them to get back to good health, that will enable them to fully understand the nature of the proceedings. If that is done, you then provide sort of more integrity into, into the process. You are then able to provide the confidentiality process or aspect of it, and you're able to protect your clients' uh, in, in interest. And definitely, you are giving the court a much more easier job of saying, we don't have to go to extra miles in time to protect the, the integrity and of the medical records of the former president. The parties have agreed, and that is where they are today. Similar to what happened today in terms of the, the agreement by both parties to, to postpone the proceedings, we don't have to fight all the time. We can agree and simply find ways in which we are going to meet each other half halfways. Half the problem will start when we are so far apart that we need a third person to come in adjudicate to tell us who's wrong and who's right.
1: All right, so it's basically going to be at least a month before we know what the future of this case is going to be. I'll take your calls on zero double one seven one four two double zero six on the WhatsApp line zero six one four one zero four one zero seven, and on Twitter it's at SFM Radio. The hashtag there SFM uh, Talking Point. Will there be any complications, Mpumelelo, arising from the fact that um, the former president is? being treated by the SANDF again when it comes to the sharing of information?
2: Uh, I, I don't think so, but the, the, the allegiance or the confidentiality obligation is to the medical practitioner and the patient. Mm-hmm. So I may be employed by the SANDF. However, my allegiance and my protection of the privileged information is being shared to me. is firstly to the patient that I'm treating rather than the SANDF who's my employer. So any type of leaking of information, then it's going to present a few problems for the medical practitioners that will be treating the former president, and I don't think they would engage in in, in that type of conduct. However, the, 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 the type of manner in which both parties were working towards or working by today has given me an assurance that they do want the matter to proceed, they do want everybody to be on the same page, however, they want to protect the interests of our former president and also the interests of the state. There was not much fighting. They, 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 they seem to be on the same page. So, in doing that, they would then say, we don't want to fight about the nitty of, of of things that uh, we can later agree on. Let's just work on making sure that the former president is back to his, to his normal state of health and is able to stand trial and we're able to continue.
1: All right, let me quickly go to the phone lines in Cape Town. Anda, good morning to you, Anda.
0: Uh, good morning, how are you, Kevin?
1: I'm all right, thank you. I understand that you're a lawyer as well. You want to weigh in on this uh, case. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, um, well, I was a prosecutor in some things in my life. Okay, okay, uh, good for you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, man. Um, look, I, I like the analysis of uh, your guests uh, there on that studio. Mm. Um, just to add, though, is, 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 is this, that um, there's, there's two, essentially two things that, uh, you know, that, that, that we must differentiate here. The, the capacity to be able to stand trial, as, as, or understand the trial, as, as, at the moment uh, by Mr. Zuma. And the capacity for him to have understood what he was doing at the time of the commission of the offence, and I think what the court needs to do, or what normally happens is, when when there is a report that he is not able to understand trial, right? Mm. Then he's taken to to these reports, and these reports are made by the the state makes these reports available to the court. In those in in, in those reports, the accused uh, the the is what the sickness of their choosing must always be disclosed to the court, because ultimately the court must make its own opinion or make its own decision about the opinions that it receives from the medical practitioners. So what I didn't understand, especially when they were requesting a postponement from the lawyers of, uh, uh, of Mr. Zuma, is that they say well, they they can't disclose because it's confidential. Mm. And, and for me, that is difficult to understand, because how is the court going to make a decision or an assessment? If they cannot disclose So so do um, you think that,
1: do you think that today we should have had some kind of indication of what the condition that the former president is suffering from is
0: well at least in so far as the court is concerned, they should have been informed. Mm. This is the condition. And if the court says, Okay, well let's postpone this matter to ascertain if that condition still persists and to allow the state, um, uh, to allow the state's medical uh, doctors to also assess Mr. Zuma so the court can make an informed decision and say, because now the, the court is postponing blindly and says, well, a, the, the medical practitioners are saying, well, there's a medical condition, mm-hmm. but they're not disclosing. So on what basis is, 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 is that postponement made if there's, 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 there's no indication of what Mr. Zuma is sick of? I understand if they say, well, we need to run more tests. There is this condition that you see now. Right? You see this condition, we need to see if it's going to persist on the next occasion, mm. or we need to give the court uh, more information in terms of um, whether it's going to be manageable or whether it's going to allow them to be able to attend trial. Not to just blindly say, well, there's a medical condition, but cause of confidentiality you can't you can't, we can't disclose it
1: okay all right under thank you thank you so much for that okay. call uh, is is it a gesture of um you know acting in good faith in pumelelo the fact that um the court wasn't given those full details but still granted this postponement
2: i i i think so and i think because it, let's call it the first one in front of judge Cohen he then says, "Okay, I'm going to believe what you're telling me right now, mm. um, but I'm going to come back and say if, if on the second occasion we are we are we are left with the the status quo remains. Now I want a full report that I'll be able to discuss and be able to interrogate." And the state then went further and then said, "Even if you've received that charge, can you can you allow us or or give us leeway to go and do our own inspection to do to go into our own assessment so that." when we come and argue for, to, to oppose for further uh, postponement, we'll do that from uh, an informed decision backed by expert opinion that is based on someone that has went and inspected the health of the former president, and they're well aware that they'll be able to understand the, 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 the proceedings as they, as, they, as they are now. So I, I think the court that doesn't want to take the hard rule of the, at this point in time. It wants to be accommodative as possible and wants to say, we want to give and um, sort of a build a trust relationship between us and medical legal practitioner. Mm-hmm. But we, we, are, we are always going to come to the point of saying that we want to get this matter moving as soon as possible.
1: Mbumelelo Zikalala, he's a director at Zikalala Attorneys. A couple of WhatsApp voice notes that you've been sending in on this morning's development. I think uh, we can afford to play a couple. Yeah, let's play a couple before we get to the 11 o'clock news.
2: Good morning. I'm sorry, I'm not sure if I'm out of the line here. But, you know, I, I, there's one question I ask myself, does it help the country that uh, the former president is in and out of jail? If, if, if the, 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 At the end of this, of this process, will the country gain anything? What will happen? And what is the reason? You know, what is it that we want? I mean, is it of any help? I, I, I need someone to tell me, what is, I mean, is it of any help? It's John here.
1: Morning, Cathy. I was saying I wonder how much it has cost our country, uh, the legal costs of these uh, procedures of Mr. Zuma. I, I mean, he has used every nook and cranny Every trick in the book that you could find to avoid the law. You know, uh, granted, he's old now, you know, he would have the ailments. And uh, I wonder where do we go from here? You know, this has really been dragging. I mean, he's avoided. Now, this is the time. Can't he just, you know, give in and just let this thing pass, you know? Thank you, Kathy. I'm calling from Butterworth. All right, thanks for those WhatsApp voice notes. And uh, you know, Bumelelo, we're hearing uh, especially the, the message from Mother, who's concerned, who says, well, is this not another delay tactic? I suppose when medical questions are raised, it's it's a lot more complex than that.
2: Definitely it is. Let's remember, we want to protect life at all costs. Mm-hmm. And we, we want to make sure that, um, yes, we get the person to answer to the allegation, However, they must be able to answer when they're in a healthy state and they can be able to understand the nature of the proceedings and also the consequences that might flow um, later. Uh, But with regards to, I think, the first comment from the WhatsApp messages, uh, what is more important is the rule of law and the obeying of the rule of law. We can't have a country which is going to have laws that are not being obeyed. So if someone is alleged to have broken in law, they must be brought to book, be brought to answer. And if after due process has been followed, they are found to be guilty, then the consequences should apply. If they are found not to be guilty, then you, 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 you can say our legal system is working perfectly. Another avenue that is there, if, if you look at the, let's call it the suffering or maybe the going to jail of a former president, the the day of, of the execution of the order that was made by his team at the Peter Marisbeck High Court. I'm sure that if it was done within the constitutional court, the results may have been different. We may have a situation where we have a former president who's outside and not in jail, and who's able to attend to his medical uh, requirements within the, the, the comfort of his, of his home as to why the team chose not to go to the court, that's a, that's a metaphor for, for another day. I think they will be better placed in order to answer to that one. But I do believe that there are other ways in which the, the, the former president going to jail could have been avoided and we could have had a different situation from what we're having now. But coming back to this particular matter, the court will always make sure that they have a person who's in a queue that is healthy, is able to understand and comprehend the nature of the proceedings, and also be able to give instructions to the legal team, which is part of their right that the court must seek to protect at all times. All right. It's the session that you have to the Constitution.
1: Let's leave it there for this morning. Mpumelelo Zikalala Director at Zikalala Attorney. So there you have it then, uh, where that particular story is concerned. Let me take you straight to Luyanda Maume, who is standing by with your 11 o'clock news.